This is The View from Tab. I'm Jim Menick. I'm John Cruz. Oh, I'm Mike Beats. He always forgets who he is. And we have our uh, guest back with us. Chris, are you there? I am there. Chris Palmer is back with us again, and we're going to continue our discussion of tournaments and uh, how to run them and so forth. And one of the things that we talked about last week, I think this was actually off the air, uh, was uh, that we might do some of the questions and rumors and things like that that we hear when we are in the tab room and try to address some of those things and one of the ways we started doing this was the rumor first it was you know, well i heard such and such and so i'm just and it's always well i heard yeah that's, well that's i heard <laughs> yeah and we always wonder as in but i'm in tab where did you hear this so anyhow, we'll try to <laughs> I try to track down some of these uh, urban legends or whatever you want to call them. Um, I like that the urban legends. Hmm? I like that the, yeah. the tab yes. urban legends. Yeah, these are the tab legends or whatever. Anyhow, well, I heard that the tournament is powered <laughs> high high. Okay, <laughs> this was the first one we came up with. Who wants to take this one? I love this. Listen. One. Here's what I tell my kids. Unless you're at the NCFL tournament, nothing is paired high-high. It's just not. <laughs> now, don't tell me this, this the CFL tournament is paired by anything. It is paired. It is apparently paired high-high and lagged, but there you go. So, look, tournaments are just paired high-low. That's how it is. With, I th- I and, guess it's, the, and it's within brackets. It's not yeah. a pure high-low. Right, right. It's not like a, <laughs> the first you got the bottom kid in the tournament. This is not how tournaments work. I mean, That'd I guess great, though, because we could just release round four and it would be the same as round three <laughs> in most cases. Right. <laughs> and more and more as time goes by, exactly, you know, well, I, I, guess, we... I guess in tier PC round five is like still set automatically to be high, high. Yeah. Right. Like in, an eight round, in an eight round tournament, it sometimes would make sense to do round five as a high, high to sort of weed things out a little bit. But... I mean, well, let me go. I want to just for I mean, there may be some people, especially kids who don't necessarily know what we're talking about, which is it is bracketed. So. Um, the first two rounds are always, well, usually random, but after that it's bracket. So it's all the two O's hit all the other two O's. Now there are some exceptions to this, but you know, when there's a smaller tournament or something, but everybody's going to hit somebody with the same record. And so when we're saying high, low, that means the high person in the bracket is going to hit the lowest person in that bracket. High, high would be the first person in the bracket hitting the second person in the bracket. Now you're right. I mean, I know back in the, golden age of the Bronx before John got it and screwed it up. Rude. <laughs> they had two high paired rounds. Yes. I think it was the fourth round and the sixth round um, were both high, high. For what was the reason. rationale behind that? Or was there none? I don't know. I mean, that's, I, I I'm curious. Yeah. About, I mean, I'm curious about any of the rationale. Well, why don't we, why don't we go back to what beat said the rationale for having it in the fifth round of an eight round tournament. Okay. I think that's it's, it. I think it's because it can shake. It can, it forces kids who are really high up in there to have to debate each other once so that someone can't really just skate through sort of staying at the top of the bracket. And then there yet there's still time since it's an eight round tournament to sort of recover from a loss at that point too. 
Um, that that that's sort of the rationale. I know that Berkeley always, when they were an eight round tournament, would have that fifth round be a high high turn, a high high. Um, it's odd that they did a high high in an even number round because there are caveats to the high high low within brackets. That is, if it's an even numbered round, four six. For example, side constraints are become the first priority, which right. causes a lot of skews and pull-ups. And so kids always wonder, how are pull-ups done? There are two options generally on how you do pull-ups. You either pull from middle to middle. That is, they, they do the high against the low, then the second highest against the second lowest. And then whoever's left in the middle will hit the person in the bracket above or below them that's also in the middle. Or you do where you pull up the person that has the weakest uh, opponent record and have them debate up in the bracket or up in a higher bracket. So those would be the instances where you can ask your opponent in round six, what's your record? And they might say, I'm four and one. And you might be like, well, I'm, I'm three and two. How could we possibly be hitting? It's because side constraints or some other aberration. Yeah, side constraints are very uh, problematic. I mean, a lot of times we'll do a tournament, a smaller tournament by hand. We'll do it by cards or something. And those side constraints, this guy has to go aft. I mean, every other round you have to go one way or the other. So if you go aft the first round, you have to go around and, you know, negative the second round. The good news is when the third round comes, it's a clean slate again. But yeah, so that's the real reason, I think, more than anything else, that you see the pull-ups is because of the side constraints. Uh-huh. And they're all automatically done by the computer. But it does, ra- I mean, it does raise the issue. I mean, the way we do these tournaments, essentially, we're taking the better debater seems to get an advantage in any bracket. I mean, the top of the bracket versus the lower person in the bracket. I mean, isn't that skewing it so that the better person always you know, is in a position to take it? Uh, yeah, but I, I, you know, I don't know what would be a more fair way to do right. it, I guess. And so only just because, well, the, the problem is that, that side constraints or excuse me, that speaker points are so inflated and at the same time, arbitrary, um, that it doesn't, I don't know if it necessarily gives a, an accurate look at what, how someone has yeah. actually done. I could see an argument being made that since, Opponent records is so arbitrary, at least in the third round, in the fourth round, because you have no control of your presets, and because points are somewhat that you just kind of rejumble it up, I guess, in the maybe in the third and fourth round. Um, but uh, yeah, I'm not, I, you know, I don't, I don't really know. The other question is, these are, um, is it better to end a tournament in the sixth round or the seventh round in terms of fairness? Would you rather have a pure powered round that is with the fewest amount of skews in the seventh round or have everyone debate each side equally that's an awful lot of rounds i'm I'm more looking to make my decision of how many rounds to have in terms of the number i think we talked about this in an earlier show but the number of people i can break i mean some finding some place to have a good break so that if, if at all possible all the people who have won all but two of their rounds get to break at least if it's a six round tournament something like yeah. that i mean trying to move as keep as many people in the tournament because I think, I mean, this actually, I think your answer about the the high-low business is good, and it applies here too, which is that the points are so arbitrary. 
I mean, there's not at all scientific. And, in and way, inflated. Yeah. And so you sort of almost have to discount them to some extent. But, of course, we don't discount them because we're going to use those as a uh, tool for selecting who's going to break or not break. So wins, you want it, you want it, you know. But, um, yeah. you know, points are a tougher thing. So I like having, uh, you know, the wins. If at all possible, you just won enough rounds, you know, you want to, yeah. you know, that you get to break. And that being the one distinction that you really – you know, even if it was an illegitimate, you know, kind of thing, you're not going to have that many. You're not going to have five illegitimate wins, you know, at a tournament. You know, <laughs> well, you might, but then that's not a very good tournament. <laughs> well, <laughs> who, who mentioned NCFL? <laughs> that's that's a lot of ballots if you have five wins at the NCFL. That's true. Wow. That's a yeah, a I'm lot not of so wool. sure that points are all that arbitrary. Though. No, I, mean, I was going to say with a large bracket, the the gulf between the top person in a down one bracket and the bottom in a large tournament is going to be pretty clear. I mean, how many times do we get up there and give top speaker awards to kids who can't talk that well? Well, it also, it's seem... the go ahead. It's, it's the same kids that are always winning. I mean, for yeah, the, yeah. I shouldn't say always the same kids. Yeah, but consistently, but frequently the same kids. Yeah, yeah. yeah I think that is the your proof. top twenty yeah. are the top mm -hmm. twenty. And they're the top uh, 20 at any turn. And it's important to know that it's not just like the, at the national circuit tournaments and even small yeah. tournaments. It's, it's usually the, the same kids over and over. Um, yeah. The, uh, oh, I forgot what I was going to say. Never mind. No, no, but I, th I think you're right. I mean, there is some standardization to the speaker points that's sort of proven out because the same people always win top speaker despite the nature of the tournament. So I think there is some, um, honesty to it. On the other hand, it's still it's honest and arbitrary at the same time. But let's put it this way: there isn't a lot of other stuff to go by. I mean, you, you only have right. what you have. Right. Yeah. So you have to make some distinctions. You have to power somewhere. Okay. Let me move on to the next one. Well, I heard they protected all the top debaters. Okay. What does that uh, even mean? Well, I guess that means that the like term has been pre yeah has been preceded. Uh, I think that even a lot of tournaments that claim to do that don't do that. So doesn't doesn't Stanford screw that up every year? Isn't yeah, that I mean Emory Emory theoretically is doing that when you send in the right Emory. You have to say your record painfully for the year tedious or application, yeah. mm -hmm. and I, I don't mind saying that is a painfully tedious application. And I remember last year uh, there was some some level of controversy. Uh, my top debater Matt, uh, we th filled out a very thorough application. I think at that point he was like either the bid leader and the second most bids or whatever. And he had his, his preset draw was Trinity preps, Jake Nebel and green Hills, Daniel Smogard. And it seemed to me that if the tournament was really protecting people, that, that was ridiculous. And I actually, as I recall, I mean, I, 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 I think that I hadn't even remembered that the tournament was theoretically preceded because I'd filled out the application so long ago. And it was Aaron Timmons who brought up how ridiculous that was. So I, I, you know, I, I think that at a tournament where they're not announcing that in the invitation, it's highly unlikely that they're protecting anyone. We do, there is one thing, though, and this is what I always call the beats effect, uh, yes, which is, is the um, – if you have a tournament – and, John, your tournament is a good example of this. You're well, going to have a round less robin. So, less so mm -hmm. recently because the entry limits per yeah. school gun, but, but it's but, true but that in the beginning it's happened. Yeah, if, so you have a tournament where um, – you're going to have, you know, a lot of people bring their teams, blah, blah, blah. But there's going to be a handful of people, say six people or 10 people or something like that, who are traveling alone. And especially if the tournament is, um, you know, has a national appeal or has a round robin or something like that. And those people have been invited or sometimes they're just these mavericks or just excellent debaters or whatever. Okay, so we have these singletons in the field. And for whatever reason, TRPC... Uh, pairs them against each other. Because TRPC is lazy, and it's, it's no mm -hmm. insult to 
Yeah, no, no, I mean, it's the it program. The program is always going to take uh, certain logical steps. Yeah. And those people are the easiest to place. So it doesn't, it places them last. And they're going to be placed against each other is the way it boils right. down. So, um, you know, for, or maybe even if I'm wrong, regardless, the, the point no, that, being. That, that's definitely know, what's happening. I mean, because I know there's a lot of things like that in the, in the nature of the way the pairs are done. So anyhow, uh, one thing we do do um, if we um, have the opportunity to do this, and it is that kind of tournament, uh, we will, in fact, uh, geographically uh, mark people. So we'll take all the singletons and mark and them that, as yeah, a, geographic a geographic group so that they don't hit each other in the first round. Yeah, so I, 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 think, I, I actually have no problem with the yeah. tournament. And, I, and I've done this on the – I've said this on the, on the TOC committee before um, with ranking the debaters prior to the tournament. You know, whoever does it, does it. But – then just making sure that the top third, that the top third people don't like, that you don't get, you don't hit two A's near two presets. Right. And I don't, that, right, right, right. That you, that you protect everyone from, hit, no one has to hit two A's, not just protecting the A's, but just to even out somewhat I, the I, I preset can't, draw. I can't speak with this to, with complete authority, but I believe that it, there was one point at Bronx Science where that is what was done because it used to be that there were, th you could only have three entries at the tournament and the first three rounds were preset. Not the first two rounds. And I believe a that you had an A, a B, and a C. Yeah, exactly. I think that that mm. back in the day is how the tournament was paired. That uh, way, it doesn't really matter what you're ranked. Right. It just means that everyone gets somewhat, or there's an attempt to give everyone uh, an equal draw, as opposed to having someone having to hit two, you know, right. Jake. Yeah, Evil. I mean, I mean, the, the 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 best advice I always give my debaters is draw really crappy opponents in the random <laughs> rounds. You know, because um, that guarantees you two right there. You know, so, uh, or I tell them, don't, you know, don't hit the top seeds. You know, um, <laughs> so, these are this, this is, is good not, advice. This yeah, is absolutely. the secret. Uh, the well, secret to debate uh, is, uh, you know, this is how know. Noah Grabowitz was the top speaker. <laughs> That's right. I mean, I just told him, don't ever debate anybody who's good. And he followed my <laughs> advice and he did uh, very well. As I mean, at many tournaments, you can get away with just draw the person who's not there. <laughs> you know, there are a lot nice of that. three or four people in that, that we, round one pairing who just are not in the state. He's bringing up a good point that you know, as fair as it seems to have the random draw, there's actually a fairness in, in certain kinds of tournaments of having a draw where you're where you're there's, you're theoretically getting uh, you know. Uh, guaranteed to either have like one very strong opponent, one considerably weaker opponent, or an A, a B, a C, you know, things like that. I think that there's a, you know, it's hard to coordinate that and, and to guarantee that. And I think, you know, it depends on the, on the type of pool anyway, in terms of how, how seriously you can say who the A's, who the B's, who the C's are. But I think there's something to be said for that. Well, well no one on should, no side. one should, oh, go ahead. Uh, on the flip side of that, though, you got to be careful because you uh, preparing on the prelims could be a way of blocking people out. Uh, That's true. Have uh -huh. a brand new program that never has had any success, and then one of their debaters who's mediocrely good just randomly gets two people who can't talk in the presets, and therefore ends up with a four-two record. You know that can be a real boost, and so to exclude I, I that from happening is kind of a, can be a difficult decision to make. I think that uh, the idea of letting the schools each have like a seed mm -hmm. might counteract that because then no matter how much of a schlub program you are or brand new to debate, you still get an A yourself. Right, right, right yeah, yeah. So. I mean, it's worth, yeah. I don't know where we would do it. I mean, part of the thing, I mean, it's easy enough to do and it's built into the software. The problem is having the time to make it happen. 
between um, whenever you decide to do well, it and round one. Well, I don't, I don't think I, 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 I want to clarify. I'm not saying that you power protect people. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying mm-hmm. that the A's don't ever hit each other. Yeah. No, I know what you're saying. Yeah. Your presets, well, you would hit an A and a B. Yeah, no, I mean, that I may, that's that, good. I think, yeah, I, I like that. that it, I think that it, there are only really two ways I could see of doing that. You either have some sort of body that is charged with ranking the people, or you have what I know Emory used to have because Emory used to code you, you would appear on the schematics as. Bronx Science B and Bronx Science F for Barclay Forum, and the idea was that you selected who the A was, and you, you know, the coach said, "This is the the A, this is the B." I believe that's how it worked. Oh, no, I that like is that how. Idea. Yeah, that is how it worked. And then, yeah. and then the idea was you would hit a B and you would hit an F, right? Because because I, I you're, you're either you're the B or you're the F, and you're going to hit somebody in your bracket and somebody in the other bracket or, or, or other ranking half, I guess, whatever you would call it. I think uh, you can only probably, I mean, reasonably do it at a tournament where you have a limit of two. Or that's three. correct, because otherwise, otherwise you're gonna somebody else is gonna have to rank. It I mean, if you have like, if you have six people, let's say the yeah. average tournament lets you have four to six people, all of a sudden, wait a second, yeah, exactly. Then then the, then it wouldn't wouldn't work with self uh, yeah, self ranking. Right. Anyhow, um, let, let's go on to the next one, which is well, well I heard uh, that they're breaking three threes. No, they're ranking. They're breaking three threes. Maybe if it's a novice tournament. I mean, speaking as somebody who runs tournaments where we don't break four twos, I mean, good Mm. lord. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, it beats us. Okay. The year that I coached policy debate at Apple Valley, um, and it happened to be the year that the team that I was coaching won the state championship. We broke at the Minnesota State Tournament as a three three. Well, so did the champion of the LD division. <laughs> nice. And actually, wait a second. This year, I take back my no. Uh, was that this? No, that, I don't even remember if this was this year or last year. I'm losing track of time. Wake Forest, I believe, was won by a 3 3 debater. That was this year, yes. That was this year. That's what? How, but that's all. I mean, how do I arrange a tournament so that I have. That that I'm having three threes in uh, in a break round. I don't uh, know how just, that happens. Uh, with all, you know? I mean, and I'm going to just make this following comment. With all due respect to uh, you know to the Wake Forest champion and to Beats' championship team at Apple Valley Policy, um, I, I think that there's, well, I don't know. No, it's not I think, fair. It's I mean, yeah, not... I just think I think that there's there's something just not kosher about it. Uh, no. I mean, I think it's different. If We're it's not, not the NHL. I, yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, I think part of it is if people are tabbing and they don't necessarily know how to do a partial, but they might let the whole I, group I, in. I'm, with all due respect, I, I, you know, I don't know the motivations of, of, of other tab directors. I can only speak for myself. But I think that breaking the three threes, sometimes that has to do with pride. Like you just want to look like you have a full out round and it looks weird to you to have a partial out round. It looks like your tournament's too small. I mean, that may be true. Maybe your tournament is too small or whatever, but I don't think that there's any shame in breaking to a partial round. Some people really have, have problems with this. Like I've, I've spoken to this and it goes the other way too, where, where like the numbers clearly p- would push you to have like a partial double octopod round. But then you hear people say, what? No, no, no. You can't have something like that. Why do people get an automatic like, huh? To me, that's just weird that people I would have objections to that. It would become, I think it would be just very unfair to the person that goes undefeated to have yeah, to debate. Now have to debate around. Yeah, or uh, because that three because as a and to lose at, evidently. Well, well in this, yeah. <laughs> yes. I mean, well, if this kid was three three, he beat somebody who was one of the top seeds of the tournament, didn't he? <laughs> well, right. Well, yes, but there would be no instance where even if you were to do a powered round, that those two would ever have to hit. Right. right. It would just be. It would be, and you know, maybe the three three person had bad luck. They obviously have some high points, uh, and often it's harder to hit someone with high points than it is with three losses. 
or excuse sure. me, with two losses. That's yeah, why, I think that's, that's why. Yeah, I think that's why uh, that the Harvard streak of the of the top seed losing that first out round is is uh, was for so long because it is that it's those high points can often mean that it's a better debater. The so, highest three three is probably better than the lowest four. But plus, also you have if the field is big enough, there's a lot of people that uh, are going to break who aren't that good. I mean, you know, it's just because they they can debate six rounds against people who aren't that good and therefore have a very good record. I mean, you know, there's only so many really good debaters in any field. And, you know, just because I have 400 debaters doesn't mean the same percentage holds as if I had had 100 debaters. So um, I've seen that. I mean, I've seen this in a lot of tournaments where you look at how did that person break? I said, well, that person just isn't that good. And they go out the first uh, round because they were sort of lucky they got in there. I also want to go back to something earlier that uh, Jim alluded to, which is people said they people may run this because they don't know how to run a partial. Now, that's one of those things that, you know, as somebody who wrote tournament software, I always have to emphasize to people is that the tournament software is not your tournament director. You can right. make decisions outside the tournament software, even mm-hmm. if you don't know how to use TRPC that well and don't know how to run a partial bracket. All you have to do is print out the list, cross out the person who's not supposed to be in there, and then advance them on the debater on a buy who was supposed to debate that person in the real bracket. Yeah. This That's, isn't uh, difficult. <laughs> that used, the first time I did it, I did it with whiteout. I did not do yeah. it with the software. Whiteout oh. works great. doesn't mm-hmm. crash. It's yeah. wonderful. Well, yeah. <laughs> and and that's often a thing that I find that young tabbers, first time tabbers and people running a first tournament will often try to let the computer make all their decisions for you. And uh TRPC in particular, but any tournament software is not going to substitute for somebody who actually knows what's going on, is paying attention to the inputs and the outputs to the tab software. The tab software is just a tool, not a brain. I want want to go back to another thing somebody said, which was we are going to be way more generous with novices at a lot of tournaments than we are with varsity. We want our novices to, uh, I want them to feel good. Um, and, 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 and I want them to rounds. debate, and I want them exactly. to have more yeah. rounds. Those two factors. Like need more yeah. rounds. Yeah, I have no problem with a 3-3 novice breaking at all. Yeah, so we push them because we want them to get out there, to, to enjoy the experience, and to get as many rounds. So we will, you know, not all the time, but it certainly could happen. Way more likely there than in, in varsity rounds. Okay, the next if, one. Uh, ha- oh, if the top seed in novice complains about it, well, then they should probably be in varsity by that point anyway, if they're the yeah. top seed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, that, I think that, actually, I think that's a serious point, right? Because the difference between... Uh, top seed novice and a bottom seed novice, I think, is generally way less dramatic than in a varsity division. And if there is a dramatic difference, I, I think Chris is yeah, complete. the time to graduate, time to move up. Okay, the next one I heard, uh, well, I heard that they give their own debaters the best judges. Oh, that, <laughs> 100% that, that, true. That, that, that's it. I mean, I always do that. <laughs> okay, first off, <laughs> moving right along. <first> <laughs> All right, first off, um, here's a secret. Although it's not much of a secret if your if your coach tabulates debate. When you're tabbing, you're not paying any attention to stuff like that. You want the tournament to just move on and end. Mm-hmm. Okay, that, that's yeah. that's mission number one. And it doesn't mean that you're not doing a good job, right? But you're you're looking at things in terms of brackets more than you're looking at them in terms of where's my debater. Especially right? if you're doing mutual preference. Yeah, exactly. Then, I mean, the, then the name is just so secondary. Yeah. Uh-huh. To just look, getting, but any system, through. I mean, I'm bra- however I'm doing this, 
the last thing I'm, we, I, we would never, ever finish if we were trying to match a That's given right. judge oh, God, or say, yes. you know, the thing is, it, what happens is you press a button and it's automatically going to assign a bunch of judges. If you're lucky, it's going to assign all the judges and they're going to be high rank, blah, blah, blah. But, you know, occasionally you have to move some around. When you're moving these around, um, you know, you're just doing it in the most efficient way possible to get the most use out of that judge. If it's yeah. a high rank judge going into the bubble and if it's a lower rank judge, putting them in a different round, things like that. And as I say, it, it would it, it takes as long as it takes. We're pretty fast and we can get it done in five, 15 minutes, whatever. But if, you, if you're starting to say, OK, oh, I know that, you know, she, she doesn't like to be judged by this one. Then I got to move like everybody around all over the place on that arbitrary uh, rationale, and then it's have it somehow work, and then have all the people that are getting judged by the tournament say, "Oh, I got good judges, and I should have gotten good judges." Um, it's never, you know, it's just not going to happen. It's just well, not and happen. and if you didn't like that judge that much, then you should have struck that judge to sure. begin with. It's not, yeah. you know, there's no special treatment here, and there are mechanisms to deal with a judge you really, really can't stand. I mean, even if that isn't, I mean, even if I am the most venal person and really efficiently venal, uh, we also always pair up people in town from different schools. So there's mm -hmm. always an oversight. So um, the, the the idea that Joe that, that Joe Vaughn and, and I or, or John Cruz and I are going to sit there and mutually somehow benefit <laughs> our own debaters half the time who are debating each other would be really hard to do. And then it's just, you know, Joe, Joe, would you look the other way while I disarrange my judges now? Or I'll do the same for you in a few minutes. I mean, seriously, I mean, this is just never going to happen in a million years. But as the, the real issue is the way this software works, you're never even think you don't even see it. You don't even see this sort of thing. I'll see. Right, who, the, uh, oh, I'm sorry. Go, go, yeah, I'm no, sure. I find out who my kids are debating and who's judging them after the schematics yeah, are distributed and then i go look and say oh i wonder who uh, so and so is debating this time like, oh, sure. oh no uh, look at that. yeah and the other thing is that uh i mean if that were true then well, that'd be a newsflash to my kids because well actually my kids don't complain that much about judges but but most kids just complain about judges no matter what yeah right regardless of of who they are what school they're from that this is the first thing oh my i got this judge blah 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 right the other thing is that if that were really true i think people would on uh, you know people and by people i really mean more experienced but other coaches would catch on to this at a certain point right because it tends to be the same people tabbing over and over and over again yeah and we we'd, we would have been thrown out by now if right. people really thought that we were doing this um, so well, I, that I also points out. to a wider misperception that of tab staffers that we have both infinite time and infinite resources to do things there in tab. I mean, a lot of complaints derive down to, you know, tab staffers not looking at every single minute arena of fairness on the pairing and the judge assignment and the ballots and addressing them all perfectly with great precision because, well, at the end of the day, we don't have a lot of time. You know, yeah. most debaters are used to this notion that you have large chunks of free time at a tournament during their off flights or wherever. Yeah, um, debaters do have a lot of time off. There's yeah, no tappers don't. And the, what time we do have tends to be very minimal and very um, chopped up. So, mm -hmm. you know, there is a fantasy some coaches have that they can bring grading or work or something to do while they're tabbing. And it never actually happens. Yeah, John keeps bringing Howard the Duck, and we have yet 
to watch it, you know? So, <laughs> I mean, true. we're obviously either too busy or I've come up or, with some other yeah, good I, reason. I, one of the two. I, I think the latter, but okay. Uh, well, you, and you do have a fair amount of free time, but it comes in five-minute increments. Yeah, it's, and so and it's, it's not it's, like you can sit down and do anything. Yeah, it's, it's odd free time, but you're always, you know, doing some kind of maintenance of, you know, getting the re results checked or whatever, entering the ballots for the other division, things like that. I mean, some of these tournaments, I mean, you go to like uh, Yale where you, know, you have two large divisions. You do all of one division. That takes you a half an hour. Then you got to enter the other ones. And then the other one comes back and you're just entering all the time. So there are some breaks. I mean, there's no question about it, but there are not a Free. lot of them. For Yale next year, I am going to try to separate out varsity and JV tabs. So that way you have a little less uh, grunt work to do because uh, it is getting to be too much. So it is big. I mean, it is long. Yeah. long well, we're going to we're going to try to either have around seven or a triple, probably around seven cool. um, to mm -hmm. address the whole four twos, you know, maybe three four twos out of 85 or whatever it is breaking. Mm -hmm. um, and but in order to do a seven round, you really need to break. Uh, you need to run back to back rounds. You can't you don't have those big breaks. Yeah. which means uh, you would have to input, what is it, 80 plus 60, 140 ballots in two hours. That's not going to happen. Yeah. So Not, not going to happen. <laughs> no. Okay, well, um, let me get the next one here. I'm going to skip this one. We'll go with this one. Um, I'm hitting, I think we sort of ad addressed this. And I'm Where's hitting, the next one I heard? I'm going, I'm going with the, I'm hitting someone good, uh, so I must uh, be really low in the bracket. Uh, I mean, we sort of address that though, uh, the way the brackets work. So, well, the um, one thing that I would point out here, and my PF kids are guilty of this a lot of the time, is that they say I'm hitting somebody good. I must be low in the bracket, and I'm like, dipshit, you're undefeated. There's only <laughs> one other undefeated team. Mm -hmm. Use your head. Yeah. <laughs> and I do. Sorry, that was my sensor noise. You, so yeah, an hour later, he comes up with the sensor yeah. noise. We can say all kinds of things here. I, I guess mean, that's know? true. There's I mean, no the only people that swear on my bus are the kids. I mean, so, you know. <laughs> I call my kids dipshit all the time. <laughs> <laughs> They'll attest uh, to that. Yeah, I mean. Yeah, but on the schematic, I think it's going a bit far. Well, that's true. Yeah, that's fair enough. <laughs> I should do that, though. Boy, you've given me a new game now. I actually just think that I should insert here that at novice tournaments, uh, Manic likes to put nicknames sometimes of his own debaters on the thing. I'm right. sorry. This is an unrelated anecdote, but it really just needs to be mentioned quickly. Like we name name was like, names like peanuts and things like that. But one of his nicknames for one of his kids is No Show, and the reason I love that is because every single time um, I am at a tournament where there's this novice division, someone gets by judged by No Show. Inevitably, there's one novice per tournament who comes. Goes well, I guess it's a version of well, I heard. Oh, does that mean my judge isn't showing up? <laughs> Where is he? <laughs> and there's just this very sad, small novice looking. There are That's all those sad, small question. novices. That's my favorite question. Determined invariably happens a bump now with a novice. We could do. We could do an entire podcast of there was this novice who <laughs> I didn't. Uh, wasn't there a? Was it at Yale a couple of years ago where? You were judging novice crews, and this kid came in, took one look at you, and fainted dead away. Oh, there was a fainting. Yeah. There, that's a fainting episode. <laughs> it wasn't a novice, but it was very awkward. Now, did the kid know who you were? That's the question. Or yeah, this was, was last year. It was Jake Niebel. <laughs> it was uh, – I'm, I'm going to withhold who, who it was because it was an actual uh, – an, I can't believe I just said an actual debate. It was a real – it's a real story. It really happened to somebody uh, – I don't think it was due to being in my presence though, but it was very awkward. <laughs> I, I always faint so I can understand. Yeah, I feel the, lightheaded uh... when I'm around you. <laughs> okay, I heard. I heard. Well, I heard the TOC is going to turn away people with two bids. Oh, God. A little bit. Not a tab – tournament thing but um that certainly would been kicked around lately kicked around it's every single year 
Well, newsflash, guys. This is not the. I, I don't even think this is the year where the most people have qualified. Well, in some regards, the TOC kind of stokes this one because their invite is full of warnings that two bits sure. does not necessarily guarantee yeah. you. And well, kid well, reads that, gets a hold of it, and starts flipping out. You know. So. Well, I just want to come in here as the as the debate history nerd. For the record, I have asked J.W. Patterson this: never once in the history of the TOC has it gone to the three bid rule ever. It right. has never ever gone to the three bid rule. No, they couldn't. They yeah. just couldn't. Okay, now after March first, everyone has made their plane reservations. People have booked hotels. People, they couldn't. It would be a PR disaster. Yep, just, we booked yeah. hotels once in January. Kids got their second bid, so we booked. That was it. Done. Yeah, you know? yeah I mean, you have so. to. You have to. Uh, not only that, but let's let's just turn to the at large thing for a second. You have to pay to apply for an at large bid. Yep, if there right. were ever a year where nobody got an at large bid. The reality is that nobody or, or people would at least feel very skeptical applying for an at-large bid in the future. Yeah, because they're paying 80 bucks per the, – the TOC makes a lot of money on those at-large bids applications. Uh, they're not going to let those walk away. Well, and one of the things kids don't understand is that there's a, bit, there's a difference between what the TOC is doing, which is reserving the right to do it if they should have to for some odd circumstance and actually intending to do it. Yeah. They're throwing that up there just so – in case for some god awful reason it should have to be done, and I'm sure they would bend over backwards to sure. ensure that it didn't. I, I mean, the the only situation in which I could even understand that happening would be if if somehow there were a year where no there were no big bid counts, right? And everyone there were just tons and tons of two bid and three bid qualified debaters. But that's just not how it works. There are always people who have six or seven or eight bids every year. There are a group of people with five bids. You know, stuff like that just it just doesn't happen. And there would there be a fair number of people with one bids who have no intention of going to the TOC. Right, right. Too, and there so. are people who qualify the TOC who don't go. Yep. Okay. I, we're, we're, the, it switches now from the well I heard. So these are the questions. Do I have to judge the next round? I've been judging <laughs> all day. Now, if there was ever a great way to be able to judge the next round, that's it. <laughs> <laughs> I, I've never. I, there is. There is. First and, <laughs> and, the, and the combined wins of the four debaters will be zero. That's right. There really is no better way to get into the next round than to come whining. I've been if, judging all. If you day. want to see what the bottom end of the PF bracket looks like, that's a good way to do it. <laughs> yeah. I, I think I put another version of this. Um, do I have to judge the rounds I'm obligated to judge? Yeah, this is, uh, yeah. Well, there's also. <laughs> I'm sorry. It's true at every tournament. Yeah. I mean, and these there, are, the, these are usually the coupled thing. with, okay, I'll do you a favor and judge this round. Yeah, they're doing you're me a favor. obligated to judge this round. You're obligated to judge every round. Unless some tournaments don't do this, but most tournaments we go to, you're going to judge every round. And the alternative to judging every round is sitting there with your finger up your ass doing nothing. And we really probably can't afford for that to happen. We need the judges to judge it's just the way it is and that's what you do at a debate tournament you do something related to debate and that's going to be if you are a judge or a coach it's going to be judging and that's that's it what now i'm going to break while you're there say one variation on this where i may be sympathetic but i'm okay. sympathetic that it's tiring and hard no, no, no this is going to come with this is a specific thing and it's, but it's going to come with an important note once in a blue moon, I'll hear somebody say, but, I, but we only have one extra debater, and so I'm covering this one extra debater. Can I please have a reduced load? I guess that's maybe in an abstract sense sympathetic. But if it, if it is something that's fair, you should be discussing that with the tournament ahead of time. You shouldn't be coming in and saying, oh, by the way, 
You know, I mean, yeah, a lot of tournaments make that. I mean, I know I've worked with uh, Beats on setting up his tournament. He has this complicated thing of how many, how many rounds you owe and all this kind of stuff, and that's fine. But if you don't set it up that way, right. then yeah, you're exactly. there. And, 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 and the thing is, these are high school debate tournaments that are usually uh, not necessarily short on judges, but possibly short on really good judges. So everybody needs to get used, and we need to have a little leeway in TAB to be able to place the judges in, in, in a fair and meaningful way. So giving people rounds off, yeah, if you really, I mean, we talked about this in another, I mean, it's sort of unfortunate sometimes with the preferencing and so forth that the really good judges get used and the lesser judges don't get used. So there are but, some problems. But yeah, but, th but this is a problem everywhere because we were just, uh, Jim and I were just tabbing a tournament this weekend that had, you know, a pretty tight judging pool in both LD and policy. And I have to say that the, the opposite issue started coming up and I was really happy to see this. There, there were one or two coaches who were there who were not in the judging pool, who saw the judging pool was tight and really stepped up. Right. And they're like, OK, you can use, you know, you can put me in if you need to, blah, blah, blah. I think that's a that's a good attitude to have. It's, you know, it's it is tiring. Mm -hmm. It is tedious, blah, blah, blah. And oh, you know, that, that just reminds me that my favorite person in the world is the superstar debater um, who is now in college. And I've been giving them some good rounds and I just have to put them in a novice round. And when they take that without complaining and they enjoy the round and they do a good ballot and, you know, yeah, I don't care if, if you're if you're such a great hotshot judge, don't you think that the novices need your skills? Aren't you going to help yeah. them out? Or are you just so good that you don't understand what the novices are saying? I mean, I'm sorry if you're a good judge, um, then you probably are going to be able to help the younger kids. And well, it's not some uh, denigration of your skills. And also, uh, I've also never really truly believed that excellent debater equals immediately excellent judge. Sure. No. I mean, th there is a sense that kids don't get that you ought to learn how to judge and that judging is a separate skill. Judging from is absolutely how to separate. I've had, I mean, we yeah. have kids judge, upperclassmen judge, underclassmen. I've had plenty of debaters who really didn't have that great uh, you know, a debate career who were fantastic judges. And wrote sure. wonderful ballots, helpful ballots, made very good decisions. I, you know, I'm, I'm, so I'm very pleased with a lot of the kids I brought up that weren't necessarily debaters, but they were good judges. So they got a lot of benefit out of this without standing up in front of the room. There's nothing and wrong I've, with that. And I found that the best coaches oftentimes are the former kids who achieved some success, but more to the point, um, didn't get much naturally. Uh, the kids who come in and just blow you away freshman fall and are amazing and talented and everything like that, um, to some degree, don't understand how you take a novice from bad to decent sure. because they never had to. Whereas that kid who never really had a huge amount of success, maybe barely qualified for the TOC his senior year after slugging away at it for four years and came in very untalented. And uh, they often make the best coaches because they know how to get from step A to step B. Yeah, I mean, there's a big difference between the naturally talented and the ones who have to work at it. And I think those ones who have to work at it no more in, in, in a way. Sure. The others just sort of intuitively do it. Okay, next question here um, is uh, another judge question. Can I cover for so-and-so? Um, and no. You know, I mean, more to the point that well, I covered for so-and-so. Is that all right? No, it's not all right. There's a reason that your name is on the ballot and why... Um, you know, every, anyone can't just take a ballot. Um, and I've seen this an awful lot. People think, well, I'm, this person's close to me, you know, so th they can and, do And this. actually, I want to jump in and give a suggestion. I mean, if you're at a tournament and somebody is just pushing a ballot in your face, 
it's probably not a bad idea to make sure that the tab staff approve that first because it's not so there's been more than one case where you know somebody who thinks they're doing the right thing at the tab table or at the ballot table just shoves ballot to somebody else because they can't find the original judge and then the something representative from the table comes running after you in the hallway to stop you because for whatever reason you don't fit into that round right that that that's a an issue especially well. if the tournament offered strikes or yeah, oh yeah um, now we just sit out there with the computer. I mean, first of all, all the ballots go, and then there's a handful of ballots. We sit there with the computer. Who can judge this round? And you make sure. But people, I mean, a lot of times you'll just have an aggressive tab uh, of a ballot table who, or, you know, they think they're, they're, they're seniors and they're going to be bossy or whatever. Oh, I'm in charge. Well, you're not in charge. I mean, the, you know, the, you have to go through the... You find out if these people. It's have actually in some ways the hardest to, to connect back to the huge, the overall huge arch theme, uh, arcing theme of uh, how to run a tournament. That's sometimes the hardest part of running a tournament. I find is that uh, everybody starts sort of becomes the uh, lord of his own fief, right? Like the people who are running the ballot table want to feel really important, so they start to take matters into their own hands. We had a bit of a problem with this at our tournament uh, back in October when. Uh, I I told everybody you know, the goal here is to keep things moving, and people took that really literally. And rec- at first, rushing people into the runoff round a little earlier than I had it uh, anticipated, and sometimes that happens at the uh, the ballot table as well, right? People just start aggressively pushing everything in the in the hopes to fulfill the goal of making everything move. But again, the, that's something that the tab room staff or the tournament director has to sign off on. I'm looking. We at let we let our table push PF IEs. Don't touch varsity LD. That's how it is. I mean, you can push a PF to anyone, I think. I think that there are places where, you, where, where it is okay to push, but for the most part, if it's varsity LD with, where they've done preferences or, and or strikes, you just need to have the tab person there. I'm going to um, group the next number of questions here and, uh, and boil them down to Joe Vaughn's favorite question. I mean, uh, <laughs> it's just, when? <laughs> any question that starts with the word when okay. that's my line jim <laughs> <laughs> there's a lot of these questions here I when do we get our ballots if know? the question begins with the word when the answer is either right now or i don't know and it should be obvious to you which of it it is <laughs> i just want to say that at my tournament you know menick made some jokes about me at we i hand out this unsurprisingly wow. full of pomp and circumstance elaborate booklet that has all the previous champions and whatnot and and at one point I believe it actually was Jim, but somebody, or maybe somebody else made a joke and said, well, I've got everything in here but a schedule. And I said, that's right. Actually, that's on purpose because I think that tournaments need some level of flexibility. And actually, it's, it's great when you, when you have that level of flexibility because oftentimes it can mean you can accelerate things if you're running things well. Um, asking people when things are going to happen, when things are coming next is a little silly. Where are you going to go? I mean, I mean, I guess if you're at a college tournament, maybe you have someplace to go hang out in. And but those kinds of tournaments tend to have more rigid schedules because room, you know, uh, room constraints are a little bit more dire. Yeah. For the most part, you're stuck in a high school. Where are you going to go? What's the big at a, rush? At a college tournament, I found that having a schedule and sticking to it. And some there are two schools of thought when you're planning a schedule. One says plan it to be a little too fast, and sure. therefore everybody will think they're late and rush and go go get to, get it done faster. And the other one says plan a schedule that actually could happen and probably will happen. And that and, way people don't feel unhappy that things are right. At a college tournament, when you're running behind a schedule, even if you make your next year's schedule arbitrarily later, so the times the the rounds begin are the exact same times, it's just printed somewhere that they'll begin then, you have far fewer problems with no-show judges, you have far fewer problems with kids in the wrong place, 
um, basically the tab phone starts to shut up if you're actually on schedule. Whereas if you get 20 minutes behind, then people just wander, people leave, people yeah. do all kinds of stupid I things. I think your, your, your scale is different though at a college tournament. Like at a high school tournament, the next round is going to start as soon as the last one finishes. And there's just a go, go, go kind of attitude that people well, are aware yeah. of. In colleges, it's different. Well, colleges too, this is also talking more about IEs um, in particular because they often stagger events and they're right. not always competing all the time. So, Well, a lot of things just stagger, right? Because I, I think Stanford does too, right? Beats, the, the, the rooms are used for different events at different times, right? Wasn't that one of the issues with this year's yeah. tournament? Yeah. yeah. Well, at, at the college tournaments I run, I never ever use a room cross divisions. So if a room is an IE room, it is going to be an IE room. It may have different IEs in it. But I will never have a round of LD, then be a round of oratory, then be a round yeah, of that's PF. That's a recipe for disaster. Uh, yeah, because you can't I, – I, I want to be able to give a tab director a room and say this is yours. Do with it what you will and not have them worry about uh, stepping on somebody else's toes. Uh, yeah, and, a... and if you're running a college tournament, I would very, very, very much encourage you to do the same because – there is this thought that you could run, say, a round of double-flighted LD and then put in the very same rooms a round of extemp. And in practice, what that does is it ties your IE and LD tab director's hands and forbids them from being able to improvise when something goes wrong. So all problems come to you instead of to your tab directors who can handle it better. Yeah, that's, that's dead on. I have a – this is a question that uh, – comes usually from the novices. Do I have to watch rounds? Ah. <laughs> uh. Well, um, can I answer? Can I jump Please, in? Please. Okay. I, I, we have a pretty strict team policy about this growing science. I think that's very important to watch rounds. If you're not interested in watching the debate rounds, why are you debating? Right. I mean, because if if the goal is not to get better, then I don't really quite understand why you're there. I mean, on the other hand, if you're there, if, I mean, there, there are one of two reasons why you'd be, by, why you'd be uh, uh, f watching around. And actually, you could be doing both at the same time. One is to scout the round for your teammate, which is, I think, I mean, that, that's a separate debate if you have some issue against scouting. I don't, and I think that it's good to support your teammates. But the other issue is you're watching the round to see more experienced debaters who made it into the elimination rounds and see what they're doing yeah. right that you're not doing right, right? Yeah. And that's a good way to learn. It's also different to watch two people debate than to be one of those two people. Yeah, totally. You see a whole you know, different point of view when you're watching. I would throw in, by the way, I would. I always sort of, you know, we go to a college tournament, there's a lot of stuff going on, I want them to watch rounds. I also sort of suggest that they go over and watch a speech round, a speech sure. final of some sort. I think debaters... Um, you know, or anyway, we all get isolated into the things that we do. The speech rounds can be very entertaining. Sure. I mean, obviously, or, you know, or humor, even, even, you know. Even at a, a tournament where it's only debate, watch the other debate event. Go watch mm -hmm. the policy round. Go watch a public forum round. I think that there's a, a lot of value to be had in all of that. Yeah. So, I mean, mixing and matching is, sure. is a very good thing to do. I we have, have a, We have a team rule on that, too. You have to watch something. You mm -hmm. don't uh, – if you're at a tournament, you're watching something or you're talking somewhere. Um, and that counts for all events, speech, public forum, whatever. Mm -hmm. um, and oftentimes we mix and match. We'll have these speech kids go to watch the public forum debaters who are still in it and vice versa. Uh, very often. It's, it's a lot of fun. Sure. 
important for uh, yeah i mean and that's the other thing if, if you're not watching the round to scout then you should watch your teammates support your team i mean it's a team act you know it's a, it's a team thing and that can be much more critical in the ies than most uh, debaters sure. appreciate um having a good supportive audience in humorous mm. and terp or whatever well, can really make a difference i mean really, th really, th this uh, can also be a discussion for for a future podcast but i on one issue i, I sort of almost beg to differ with chris because i completely agree that it's important for for ies to have a supportive audience but uh, you know, a lot of debaters lose have been losing the art of cross examination. Having a supportive audience when you're face crushing your opponent, making him look silly in cross X is very key, I think. And uh, and and so it's, it's not a bad thing to have your your teammates in your room. There's actually but, we could I could do a whole podcast myself about the loss yeah. of performativity in LD and how sure. LDers don't view themselves as performers when they very much are. I mean, I, that, I, I again, I guess we're straying, but I just want to say last thought on that is that. One thing that I think really differentiates the top debaters from the not top debaters is that the top debaters understand the the, the full performance aspect of the, the game. You know, we talk about the game of debate, but that's very much a part of the game of debate is understanding the uh, the, the very performance based aspect. Of well, the not top debaters tend to believe it's all about pure logic and right, right, yeah. and, non and performative aspects are fuffy things that belong in OI or something yeah. and, and they don't and get it. And that's why those people are not the top debaters. Mm -hmm. And bitter usually too. Uh -huh. I agree. <laughs> I have this, this is, I think should probably be the last one we're getting tied up. I'm absolutely serious about this. Um, when I'm uh -oh. in the tab room, this to me is my uh -oh. absolute favorite question. I'll be in the tab room. We're working away and somebody comes in. Where's the bathroom? <laughs> <laughs> and it's remarkable how often I am asked where the bathroom is. Um, and uh, and there's something never thought about that. But and I, 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 I promise anyone who's listening to this, I don't know. I mean, I really don't know. And why are you in the tab room asking? Yeah, this don't. I, I, I am, I am not what whoever it is that finds bathrooms for you. We are it's not usually during the first two rounds, and I haven't had time to go to the bathroom myself yeah. yet. I, I have we no idea. We don't, we, don't, we, don't, we don't have the answer to every question. I was going to say every stupid question. I mean, where the bathroom is may not be a stupid question. But we don't have the answer to every question. What we are doing is tabbing the tournament. We are not directing the tournament. It's, we are not serving lunch. I don't have coffee. His ombudsman job is very important. Yeah. Answer we this question. Also, we also don't know where the nearest first aid kit is. We don't know what a good Italian restaurant. Well, we probably do. Well, that I know. Yeah. But uh, <laughs> we don't necessarily know what food is being served. We we are not the hosts of the tournament in most cases. We actually arrived in the building only briefly before you did, and we don't know any more about it than you do in many cases. Sure. <laughs> So, I mean, I, there, I, I guess it's a sort of a plea to don't ask us, ask someone else. I mean, you know, I mean, don't ask us much of anything because we're trying to get the tournament going. And right. I mean, when you ask those Especially when Especially if you're going to go complain about uh, us later on. Yeah. You well, they're going to complain. Time anyway. asking the bathroom. But as soon as they ask the when question, not as soon as it would have been if you hadn't interrupted me asking me <laughs> when, you know, uh, you know, so, I mean, we have something to do and, um, 
and I'm gonna I will apologize too also because sometimes we're brusque with people because we are really involved in trying to sort something out and you know how you just get your mind on something and oh. the slightest distraction can throw sure. you off and then we'll be like half an hour late because I got thrown off so I'm not being brusque because I'm a miserable person not that I'm not a miserable person but because I'm trying to get the stuff done this is sort of a plea then to uh, to coaches because coaches I think need to instruct less experienced debaters and less experienced judges yes uh, that this is what the case is, you know, debate, it, it doesn't follow a 100% strict schedule thing. You know, there are delays, there are unintended things that, you know, you can't 100% know when everything is going to begin or end and you just got to deal with that. That's part of debate. You may not be judging every round. That's one we've, we've had one particularly favorite oh, judge yeah. at the Lexington tournament for a number of years. Oh, oh yeah. Not understand <laughs> that because we have extra judges, that means not every judge judges every round. She did yeah. succeed though in being so annoying. We started putting her in every round. That's absolutely <laughs> to get rid of her. But uh, the corollary <laughs> to what you were saying earlier too, is that when us at, in our tab director i mean i'm often the tournament director which means i am the person you should be asking these questions to but when we're tabbing a tournament and we're standing out by the ballot table or we're generally we're outside the ballot the tab room for any purpose other than eating that usually means something is wrong you know there there is something going on that i need to fix because i don't really like leaving the tab room very much at tournaments i'm running if i can help it and so if I'm doing that, don't bother me because I probably have something more important than your question to deal with at that time. Yeah, there is. If, if, if a tab person has this really determined look on their face and they're walking around looking at everybody out of trying to find, don't well, interrupt Well, the smart, the smart judges will run for the hills. Yeah. Okay. Usually <laughs> yeah, there is that thing where I know I have a little list of like five, if I can see any one of these five people. That's all I am, one of these five. And then, oh, oh I, I see you. Choo, ping! And they're gone. Yeah. Can I add a class of question? Sure. Uh -huh. um, speaking more as a tournament director rather than a HAB staffer, but um, I want to, and I am seriously considering uh, imposing a ridiculous fine this year for anybody who emails in a question to the tournament staff whose answer is in the invitation. Because <laughs> if I had even a nickel <sighs> for every time I had to answer a question, Who's, who is explained to the nth degree on both the tournament website and the invitation, which they would have needed to consult in order to get my email. So I know they know it's out there. Uh, I would be a very wealthy person right now. And it really actually does impose a pretty substantial tax on the tournament because one little question, sure, I know the answer right away. I can, email, I can respond to the email in two minutes. But if you multiply that two minutes by about three or 400, that's a lot of time I could be spending making the tournament better in some way when you could get off your duff and just get the tournament invite, which I spent a lot of time on in the first place, and get the yeah. answer yourself. Sim I, mean, I mean, similar to that, too, is the tab, ta the tab room is not where you go to register. It's not where you go to pay fees. It's not – I mean, those sorts of things don't, don't walk right to the tab room and say, I'm here to register. Good. Go find the tournament director. Go find the registration table. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, you really should not interface with the tournament in any way, shape, or form without reading the invitation first and yeah. reading the information that the tournament director wanted to put out there in your head first. Um, to do so is, is fr frankly, ru rude, to use a Cruzian term. And uh, <laughs> I am actually seriously tempted to just throw in a $25 fine for every question you ask whose answer is in the invite, just because that's one you only have to levy once, right? Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's true. true. That's true.
And on that very happy note. <laughs> on that happy note, that's very good. Okay, I think we've covered uh, all Just the, leave us alone. You know, yeah, leave us alone so we can get our yeah, kids with the best judges. And uh, We are misanthropes. We yeah. don't like people. We don't exactly. like you. <laughs> no, we like people. Okay, we just well. don't like you. Yeah. If we liked people, we'd be out there judging. <laughs> We don't even like debate, you know. Uh, no, Forensics, so you know. Well, that's why Cruz's tournament doesn't actually have debate rounds. It's, it's just word ceremony. It just have a word ceremony. Yeah. That's word actually ceremony. my dirty little secret uh, as a IE coach. Um, when it comes to my debate half of life, I'm actually perfectly fine watching debate rounds. But uh, when I'm not coaching and I'm not judging, I actually hate nothing more in the world than watching an IE round. Oh, I, I know. Just, I won't do it. I can't do it. My kid might be in the national final round of HI, and I'm more inclined than not to try to sneak out the back. I just, I don't enjoy it. I don't know why. I do enjoy coaching IE a great deal, but I do not enjoy watching rounds. It's strange, but it's true. And that's one of the reasons why I end up in tab, I'm sure, because I can do something. Actually, there's also, I mean, there's a uh, natural selection of tabbing as well. So once you start doing it, you just keep doing it. You know, Unless you're bad at it, in which case you stop immediately. Yeah, well, I mean that's a, and yeah. that's not to be to belittle anybody. Some people are good at it, and some people aren't. And yeah, really... I've I've tried to bring some a couple of times. I try to bring some people into, and and they just don't get it. You know. Yeah. I mean, it's one. Thing, it's, it's not that they haven't. That they, they. It's not that oh, I could train them or something. It's like they just don't understand what you know at the core level what it is we're trying to do here, and. Yeah, not much you can do about it, which and is it's fine. You know. Strange mix. It's more personality than anything. It doesn't yeah. make them bad or stupid or anything. It just makes exactly. them not suitable for tab. It's yeah. strange. It's yeah. just a, a you know a, a talent, a natural talent. Nothing to do with any learned skill. All yeah, right, we, could, we uh, could talk about what qualities. I mean, not right now. Not right now. <laughs> not right now. Oh, that's, that, a, that's a good. Yeah. That's a good topic. Here. That is Qual- a good topic. Qualities yeah. make, Okay, I'm going to. We're going to sign off. Okay, so <laughs> hey. Hey, we're signing off. So have a good evening. Have a good evening. Thank you. Yeah. Good night okay. and good luck. Good night and good luck and uh, right if you get work.